What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, we are officially into part four of our 1981 retrospective, loosely part two of the albums of 1981, the best albums of 1981, doesn't matter what genre they are. It just matters if they're good, because rock and roll is pretty much everything, isn't it? Can we all agree on that at least? Okay. All right. So, man, we got some great music here on this episode, and it's only going to get better from here on out, of course. I say that all the time, but it's true. And I got to say, you know, I'm not really giving points out on this one because it would sound really weird because... You know, I, I do this thing where I do the rock and rank system and I put the points on them and that kind of gives me a guide as to where these are going to land. I do kind of, you know, put them up and down here and there, you know, so it's not an exact science as far as the numbers go. But like I said, it does help me to create the most accurate possible list when I do these yearly retrospectives here. So honestly, even after I kind of forced in the uh, Kiss and Alice Cooper records, which I do enjoy, uh, after that, once we get to like number 79 on this list... I mean, you're, you're talking about albums that scored like around the 78 to 80 point range. So these are all albums that are definitely at least worth checking out. They're definitely worthy of your time. And as we go on, it's just going to get higher and higher as far as the points go for the most part. You know, even like pretty much everything on this list on this particular episode, the point system ranged between 80 and 85 on the average. So yeah, we got some killer albums to talk about here on this episode. So let's get to it. Coming in at number 70 of the best albums of 1981, according to me, myself, and I, we're going to go here with the Greg Ken Band. Yes. Now, the Greg Ken Band and Greg Ken specifically are pretty much known for exactly two songs, you know, here in, in the U.S. and probably everywhere else. That would be Jeopardy and the Breakup Song, also known as Oh, 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 Oh. Okay, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, but I gotta say, like, you know, the stuff I've heard, I've heard his initial albums from the 80s, and I really do enjoy them. It's definitely a nice mix of just regular classic rock mixed in with a little bit of new wave and a lot of good power pop in there, too. Greg Ken had a great pop rock sensibility back when that wasn't a bad word. Uh, but yeah, this was technically the third Greg Ken band record, but actually Greg's sixth album as a professional musician and recording artist. And this was definitely the one that kind of sent him off into having his highest success in the States. Uh, the big song on this album called Rock Ken Roll. Yes, pun intended. Chris is going to hate that. But yeah, Rock and Roll by the Greg Ken Band. Uh, the big song on here was the breakup song. They don't write them 
And uh, yeah, great song, of course. Th- there are some other really cool standout tracks on here, honestly. Like his cover of Tommy Rose Sheila is really good. But I'm going to go with this one right here to kick off. And I think this is a killer track. Uh, come to find out that this song was released in advance of the record coming out. So they went with this song for the first single because I'm assuming they thought this was the strong song on the record. I'm assuming that's the case. And in my opinion, it is. I love the breakup song. It's a perfect pop song. This one equally good has a little bit of a darker tone to it and definitely has that cool early 80s dark feel that we had in our pop rock for the most part. So here you go, kicking off this particular episode. This is the Greg Kinn Band with Can't Stop Hurting Myself.
coming in at number 70 today and kicking off this particular episode of the top albums of 1981. That was the Greg Ken Band from the album Rock Ken Roll, one word. That was Can't Stop Hurting Myself, the lead single from that record. And that song should have been a big hit single for my money. You know, I, you know, even looking it up on the wiki and everything, there's no singular entry for this song. I don't see a chart position for it, so I guess the song tanked. And that's a damn shame. I guess the payola was not in line for this song, but it's great, as you heard right there. Nice little nugget there that you get here on Rock Strikes 10. Hope you enjoyed that. Coming in at number... 69, dudes! <laughs> All right, thank you, Micah Padres. Yes, coming in at number 69. Uh, and before I say this, actually, I should mention that Rock and Roll by Greg Ken Band was released in June of 1981, roughly, and produced by Matthew King Kaufman, who is actually Greg Ken's like longtime partner and has been like his manager and business partner like pretty much his whole career. Uh, by the way, big ups to Greg Ken for being the philanthropist he is. Done tons of work with charities for military and cancer patients. Uh, and he's also a published author of fiction and nonfiction and, you know, was like a wacky morning radio man for like forever. So, yeah, Greg Ken had a, a great life and great career so far, you know, even only being a quote unquote two hit wonder in America. But speaking of America, in a sense, and that's the best transition I have coming in at number 69, like we mentioned earlier, is a band that wouldn't really break out in the States until about three years and two albums after this. Uh, is a band called White Snake. Uh, their fourth official album, Come and Get It, which was released on April 6th of 1981, produced by the now late great Martin Birch. Uh, yeah, like I said, their fourth official album is White Snake. You'll find other albums early on credited to White Snake, but it's pretty much like David Coverdale solo stuff. But it goes Trouble, Love Hunter, Ready and Willing, and then Come and Get It right here, the fourth album. And like I said, they wouldn't really break through in the States for another couple of records. You know, a slide it in, huge record, and then of course the big 87 self titled record. Uh, but yeah, you could definitely hear signs of what was to come on Come and Get It. Not their best album, but not their worst. It's one of those, it's kind of in the middle for their catalog, and it's still the early days of White Snake. You know, a lot of people don't even refer to the 87 album as being a real White Snake record, but they need to get over that. Uh, but yeah, this is a fun record. It's got a lot of like kind of Rod Stewart faces influence on here. Like if you hear a song like Wine, Woman and Song and stuff like that. But yeah, it's fun. And you can definitely hear like the era of him in Deep Purple as well. So if you love that era of Deep Purple with David Coverdale singing like I do, you'll enjoy these early Whitesnake records especially. So I'm going to play this song right here to represent the album. Another uh, great unheralded gem here in the Whitesnake catalog. And of course, the great Coverdale, one of my favorite divas, uh, wrote this song by himself. Uh, most of the album was kind of a collaboration, but this was one of his pure solo songs on the record. And a killer vocal, as you can always expect Mr. Coverdale to deliver right here. This is White Snake with Don't Break My Heart Again.
little white snake right there for you don't break my heart again from the album come and get it our number 69 record here on the top 81 of 1981 the best albums of 1981 moving on here to number 68 is a band from los angeles yes all right so yes we're going to play some x here for you this album came out in may of 1981 don't have an exact date there because i'm on the wiki page for uh, these particular references for dates and producers because you know honestly it's just easier i could go to some other sites but i'd have to keep going back and forth and all that shit i i don't want to do that so yeah full confession but yeah we're going to play something by x from their sophomore album wild gift yeah, I wouldn't say this is a sophomore slump, but I definitely don't like it as much as Los Angeles and possibly even Under the Big Black Sun, their third album. It's a good album, and it's possible just my love of the band X is maybe what prompted this to be on the list in itself. But hey, good enough here for number 68, as I can tell. This album was also, much like their first album, produced by Ray Manzarek, keyboardist for The Doors. And yeah, I, I knew he had produced their debut album, but I had no idea he did their second album, so... There you go. And it sounds pretty similar to their first album production-wise, so it makes sense. Like I said, still an enjoyable record, so no real problem with it. And so, yeah, let's play one of my favorite songs on the record right here. This is X from the Wild Gift record with Beyond and Back.
I've said this before on the show, but I really love a solid male-female co-lead vocal thing going on. It's definitely a lost art at this point. And it wasn't really terribly around too much back in the day either, but uh, it's just a cool thing when it happens and happens well. But there you go. I love that back and forth between Xene and John Doe right there. But that was X with the song Beyond and Back from the album Wild Gift. Beyond and Back, by the way, is the title of their double-disc Besta. That's like the first thing I ever owned by him on Rhino. Uh, cool little collection. Doesn't have a lot of the original album versions on there, but it's got some live tracks and some outtakes, but it's pretty cool. You know, I definitely recommend it for the hardcore fan, but you definitely want to get their initial handful of records up front for sure. But yeah, we're actually going to stay in remotely the same area of California and in the same family tree of X for our next entry right here at number 67 with the Blasters. And yeah, yeah, Dave Alvin, who's one of the brothers in the Blasters, did actually perform with X as a band member and was also in the Knitters with some members of X. So makes sense. Uh, they were pretty much on equal ground musically and creatively for my taste around this time in 1981. And I definitely recommend checking out the band The Blasters. A lot of people haven't. Uh, even just like getting a best of, that'll really do you some good. They got some great music out there, and, and the Alvins are true talents. But yeah, this was their sophomore album, a self-titled record also. That's probably a short list of that's happened. I should probably do that show at some point. But yeah, this one just made it in at the tail end of 1981, released in December of 1981 a self-produced record and uh, the cool thing about this album is the the first track on this album contains my favorite favorite blaster song so yeah i'm totally going to play it here to represent this album so here you go from the blasters self-titled album this is marie marie first bands right there to combine good old-fashioned Americana slash country music with punk rock music 
Now that's pretty much everywhere, but the Blasters were one of the real early ones doing it. So big credit to them. That was the Blasters with Marie Marie from their second album, which is self-titled and self-produced. And uh, also do yourself a favor, and like I said, check out some Blasters records. But uh, actually the first time I ever heard that song, to my knowledge, was actually Lars Fredrickson from Rancid. He did a cover of that song, Marie Marie, on his first solo album, Lars and the Bastards album. So yeah, go check that out as well. It's a killer cover song. So yeah, greatness, recognizing greatness right there. Coming up, we got one of the all-time jams right here by one of the all-time great bands. And uh, it's very rare that a band could be in the double digits of their discography and manage to keep putting out quality material. But Earth, Wind & Fire definitely deserves the title of one of the best bands ever. They put out their 11th record here, uh, right here in October of 1981. It's an album called Rays. And I say it that way because it's got an exclamation at the end of it. But yes, Rays by EWF. Really cool record in their catalog. Produced by band member Maurice White and one of the great singers of all time as well right there. And you'll hear him all over this track as well. Man, this is one of the great songs of all time. I couldn't deny playing this on a 1981 retrospective. Like I said, some of the obvious big hits will be on this countdown when I deem it necessary. And it's absolutely necessary that we play Let's Groove.
And don't it make you feel good right there. Let me get into my Venus flytrap mode right here. Yes, that was Let's Groove by Earth, Wind, and Fire, my children. Yes. I don't have any wind chimes here or a gong to, like, really get my Venus flytrap on. So I'll just leave it at that. It's my WKRP fantasy as I do each and every time I do a show here. Uh, But, yeah, Let's Groove, Earth, Wind, and Fire from Ray's. Their 11th album, still killing it in 1981. And another band of almost the same exact variety and style and hybridness uh, putting their 13th album out in 1981 on September 24th of 1981 to be exact is this band right here. You can't love Earth, Wind & Fire without loving this band also. One of the other greatest bands of all time and a band that criminally is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hang your head in shame, East Coast journalist freaking snobs. Cool and the Gang should be in the Hall of Fame, but I digress. Like I said, they were on their 13th record here in 1981. 
just coming off the massive success of the album prior, Celebrate, which of course contains Celebration, that monster song that has never gone away. But it's still kind of great, and this one is as well. I love this song actually more than Celebration, and much like Let's Groove, we gotta do this one as well. This is another all-time classic, and I am in that mood, so let's keep the groove going right here with Get Down On It. Come on in, get down on it, baby, baby, get down on it, get on it. 
some greatness right there with cool in the gang get down on it from the album something special and yes they are special and you should definitely dig deep on cool in the gang one of the great bands of all time like i said that album i failed to mention that was produced by ymir diodato yeah you know if you know that guy you're like a hardcore music nerd that guy put out his own records under the name diodato like jazz funk like just earthy kind of crazy jazz stuff like total sampleable stuff I'm sure he's been sampled to death. He's just got one of those sounds. But yeah, another guy to check out if you're a big musicologist, Diodato. But of course, Cool and the Gang, one of the greats. Great party band, much like Earth, Wind & Fire. And another one of the great party bands coming up right here. Coming in at number 64 here on the top albums of 1981 list. Our Rock and Rank special is this band right here. Another band that put in the work for a long time and got a lot of success late in their career. This band was on their 10th album by 1981. An album called Freeze Frame. Yes, the great New England-based Jay Giles Band, with also one of the great frontmen of all time, Peter Wolf, had their biggest album in 1981 with the album Freeze Frame. It contains, of course, that title track, which was a big hit, and the even bigger hit, Centerfold, which was everywhere, and you still hear it every day to this day, to this moment. It's probably playing on definitely local radio and somewhere on Sirius at this point, for sure. No doubt about it. So for that reason, I decided not to play that, uh, but I wanted to go with this one right here. And I can't remember, this was either the B-side to Centerfold or Freeze Frame, because I have them both on 45. I can't remember. I think this was the B-side to Freeze Frame. But this is a killer track right here, so I wanted to play it because I like it a lot. And I also have a lot of nostalgia for this song as well. So to open up the album a little bit more from the Freeze Frame record, this is the Jay Giles Band with Flamethrower.
All right, there you go. Some Jay Giles band right there with Flamethrower from the Freeze Frame record. Go check that out. That album, much like a lot of records on this countdown specifically today, was kind of self-produced. Seth Justman, their keyboard player, produced that record, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, go check that out. Go check out their earlier stuff as well, and even some Peter Wolf solo stuff. Even though they didn't have like a ton and ton of success, I think their longevity... And as good as they were live, I think they also definitely deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All right, moving on here. We had a lot of veteran acts uh, in the last few entries. But let's go with a brand new artist in 1981. She had her rookie year here with her self-titled record coming out on June 29th of 1981. A perfect album for the summer of 1981. Kim Wilde. Yes. Yeah, and you know, like I said with Greg Ken. Pretty much known for like two monster hits in America. I think she has some hits elsewhere overseas. But uh, yeah, of course, on this one you have Kids in America. And then about, I guess about six years later, uh, her cover of Supreme's You Keep Me Hanging On would be another huge song. I think that cover version actually did better than the Supreme's version. I know it was number one for sure. But anyway, I had a lot of fun. I never actually heard the Kim Wilde record top to bottom before I started doing this countdown. But I really enjoyed the record, good enough to where it came in here at number 63 on the top 81 albums of 1981. Once again, I'm going to go with a little less obvious song here. And I'm surprised, uh, looking here at the singles released for it, they had three singles released. This was not one of them, but I think it should have been. This is a really cool song, another really cool upbeat jam, much like Kids in America. So here you go, this is Our Town.
All right, there you go. Super fun song right there. Kim Wilde with Our Town. And a really interesting fact about this particular album and just Kim Wilde's career in general, especially early on here, that song, as well as the entire first album here, was credited by being written by her older brother, Ricky, and her dad, Marty. So Ricky and Marty Wilde wrote this entire record, like, you know, music and lyrics. And I think that's really neat. Definitely a family affair on this record, you know, uh, for something that almost kind of comes off as a rebellious teenager type record. It definitely has an, you know, kind of a a, a traditional American feel in the uh, behind the scenes kind of portion of it. So I just thought that was really neat. So, yeah, moving on here, coming in at number 62. Kind of surprised this album was so low, but like I said, this is a super strong list. So it's not so much low as it is just, let's say, recommended. But, you know, yeah, once again, I'm a little surprised it's this low. But I think this album, it's just not top to bottom great. It's like three quarters super, super strong. And there's some filler on there that didn't really resonate with me on this go-round. So it couldn't come in any higher than this. Hate to say it, but this is another one of my all-time favorite bands. And like a handful of acts on this episode that are definitely deserved. I I guess because it's just tis the season right now, but... Definitely not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it's an absolute embarrassment that they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for sure. It delegitimizes this institution they call the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Devo, one of the most innovative bands of all time and one of the great bands of all time. Uh, but they put out their fourth album here in 1981 called New Traditionalists. Definitely under the gun, I could tell at this point, because now they're having to follow the Freedom of Choice record, which is a super strong record. Plus, it has their biggest hit ever, Whip It. Matter of fact, it's their only top 40 song ever in America, which is ridiculous because they have so many great songs and so many great singles. But they are actually technically a one-hit wonder. How, how crazy is that? That's just dumb. Okay, anyway, but getting back to new traditionalists, like I said, it's just one of those unfortunate things. The strong material is really strong on this record, so I definitely still recommend to listen to this record. And it contains one of my all-time, all-time favorite Devo songs. Actually, two of my all-time favorite Devo songs which is Through Being Cool and this one right here. I always turn this one up. I always do the guitar thing where they're all robotically going back and forth when the song comes on because it calls for it. So here you go. This is the great Devo with Jerkin' Back and Forth.
All right. So yeah, the thing that always makes me think of this song, actually, I, the first time I heard it easily, and because I, I didn't have Devo's greatest hits or this album for the longest time, I, I kind of became a Devo fan much later, like somewhere around the uh, mid to late 90s. But the first time I ever heard this song specifically was in the trailer for Boogie Nights. Yeah. Uh, so like Boogie Nights came out like 96, 97, something like that. And this was in the trailer. And I remember going, man, that's a really hot piece of music right there. Like, and I had no idea where it was from. And I was waiting to hear it throughout the movie. I had never heard it in the film to my knowledge, but as luck would have it, like maybe like a month or two after that, I bought the Devo best of, I finally plunked down on the greatest hits, which is a great collection, by the way, I recommend for starters, for sure. It's the one that's still out there called just Devo's Greatest Hits. But yeah, just ran into it, jerking back and forth. Love the song. It's a really, really strong song. But yeah, uh, worth checking out New Traditionalists on principle for a few different songs there. And uh, by the way, I failed to give out the statistics on that. This album was released on August 26th of 1981, and because they're all awesome, it was definitely self-produced. All right, and this next song is definitely worthy of an epic closer right here. And uh, full confession, I ranked this list pretty much you know about a week or two ago and literally like the morning i finished the list uh jim steinman died he passed away uh the great jim steinman like just super producer super songwriter super musical director and he passed away last week as of this recording and it's a shame like i said guy was a true talent very eccentric and he gave us a lot of great music not just the meatloaf stuff uh but tons of other hits from other people go look up his bio uh, he's definitely worthy of a tribute episode, and I'll, I'll put one together very soon, for sure, no doubt about that. Uh, but yeah, for right now, we got to talk about Jim Steinman because he came in on the list here, and uh, you know, I know fellow podcaster Greg Troy, and this is his favorite album of all time. And don't be mad at me for having this merely at sixty-one. Like I said, it scored very well still, and I, for the most part, this album is great. Uh, but yeah, this is interesting also because it's Jim Steinman's only solo album, and it almost seems like, and I don't know a lot of background about this record, but it almost seems like that this was done because uh, Meatloaf's record company wasn't having him work with Jim Steinman like they couldn't pay him. I know there was definitely something like that because Making Love Out of Nothing at All and Total Eclipse of the Heart were initially presented to Meatloaf, but the record label I know didn't want to pay for those songs and pay for Jim. Because, you know, he came with a price tag, which is unfortunate because those two songs were literally number one and two on the same week on the Hot 100. Uh, but yeah, this is Jim's only solo album. So I'm assuming, like I said, this was meant to be Meatloaf stuff, like maybe even like a, a Bad Hell sequel. So I, I, I'm sure I have that right. I, I bet you I do, because just listening to this, it sounds like the sequel to Bad Out of Hell. It's an epic, epic record. It's definitely worth checking out. If you're any kind of fan of any kind of music, you need to hear this record because it's really neat. That's about all I can say about it. It's uh, it's epic. It's what you would expect. And uh, yeah, let's just get to it right here. This song actually was covered later on by Meatloaf on one of his records. So maybe you've heard his version, but maybe you haven't heard this version. But man, this original just kills. Uh, so yeah, once again, check out the Bad For Good record and check out this song. This is actually the closer, and it's one of the great closers of all time. So I figured it's only apropos that I play it to close out this particular episode. So here you go. From the Bad For Good record, this is Jim Steinman with Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through. Yeah. 
All right. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> yeah, but that was Rock and Roll Dreams Come Through by the late great Jim Steinman from the Bad for Good record, coming at number 61 here on the 81 from 81. Once again, sorry, Greg, but uh, it, it still scored very well. It's a great record, and yes, everybody should check it out. You know, uh, Jim Steinman was absolutely the king of operatic rock and roll. No one will ever be able to touch him then, now, or forever. All right. And by the way, that album came out uh, on April of 1981. It was co-produced by Jim, Todd Rundgren, who worked on Bad Hell as well, produced it, Jimmy Iovine, and John Jansen. A lot of hands in there. I'm surprised, actually, because, you know, Jim was such a powerhouse. But uh, you can definitely hear the Todd Rundgren Bad Out of Hell effect on this record. Of course you can. Uh, but, yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Please tune into the next one since I've... God, this is, what, part four out of ten? So I got six more to go, so I'm not just going to be putting these out like once a week. I'm going to put out like two or three in a week. So just stay tuned. Keep your eye on the feed. Follow this countdown. Tell your friends about it. Tell your enemies about it. Just listen, damn it. Uh, I love all of you for listening, and uh, I'll get some personal shout-outs here on some upcoming episodes. But know if you're listening that you are a friend of mine. You are family. So yeah, we're going to get out of here. Till then, speaking of family... I'm going to send you over here to my better half, Nola, with the plugs and the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, our new kittens, Ruby and Ripley, get a treat. We're on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is C njradio.com You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock with Joey and the great Mark Strickle of Talking Metal, and the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRusa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRusa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.